I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I feel like, if you want me to be honest here, I should have some really strong emotion about Antonio Brown and or Le'Veon Bell participating in the Super Bowl this week. I feel like it's my duty as a Pittsburgher to have strong emotion about that. And I just really don't. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers, if you're into Hockey and or baseball, I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates. Within the past 48 hours, both A.B. and Lev had their Super Bowl media sessions. And as you'd expect, there were some Pittsburgh reporters on those calls. Dale Lawley from DK Pittsburgh Sports was on both of those for us. And there were some Pittsburgh-related questions asked of them. Neither of them really surprised. Neither of them really jumped out the way maybe some might have expected. A.B. sounded peculiarly mature, if you want to go down that route. I didn't recognize him at times, except if I were recalling what A.B. used to be like here when he first arrived with the Steelers. So that was nice. Lev struck all the right notes, but then you know what? He's always done that. I can't remember an occasion in which Lev put his foot in his mouth anytime he was actually facing cameras and microphones. The only times he would do that is when he'd be away from actual media and he would go to social and then just vomit out something ridiculous and then, of course, end up having to spend the next week or so explaining why he said that and trying to deny that he ever said it and whatever else. But emotion, emotion about them being in the Super Bowl and that come Sunday night, one of them will be a Super Bowl champion. I'm sorry. I, I, well, hang on a second. Maybe there is something here. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our new partners at Fubo TV. If you're paying around 200 bucks a month for cable, as most of us do, Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels with an emphasis on sports, and now including... AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh, meaning you can watch all the Penguins games, all the Pirates games, and you've basically lost all your excuses to hang on to cable. For our listeners only, go to FuboTV.com slash DK to get 15% off your first month. One more time, FuboTV.com slash DK, 15% off your first month. Here, you want to know what my emotion is about 
these two extraordinary athletes, extraordinary performers during their peak years in Pittsburgh, being in the Super Bowl on opposite sides with one of them guaranteed to be finally wearing a ring, if you want to know what my emotion would be attached to that, it really wouldn't be as much about either of them as it would be the blown opportunity that the Steelers had and that the Steelers' odd convergences of great offense and great defense or misfires or misconnections that led to that, that would be it. That would be it. It's not that long ago. It really isn't that A.B. and Lev were here in Pittsburgh, that A.B. put on one of the great football performances I've ever laid eyes on at any level, in any setting, regardless of context, with how he decimated the New Orleans defense down there at the Superdome. I covered that game. The atmosphere was Unbelievable. I mean, it's like that for every Saints game. It's just if you've ever been to a football game in that place, meaning an NFL game, you'll know what I'm referencing. And that Saints team was legit great. And Ben and A.B. had something that New Orleans had no answer for, which is a rare, rare sight in sports when a really good team has no answer for one specific thing that they know is coming. That, to me, I mean, you could look at different moments from A.B.'s time in Pittsburgh, notably the jutting of the football over the goal line to beat the Ravens here at Heinz Field for the division. But As far as an overall virtuoso, he did everything. He did everything that day down there. Yeah, Ben was just as good. You have to be. I mean, there's two guys involved in this. Ben was just as good. But the stuff that A.B. was doing, the catches that he was making, the coverage that he was taking on, uh, the way he beat the numbers that New Orleans threw at him, never mind the schematics. Short, deep, intermediate, running the ball, whatever it was, he did everything. I'm convinced I'll not see another receiving performance like it. That wasn't so long ago. You know that? That was three years ago. Crazy, right? Lev, we saw him do things in a Pittsburgh uniform that we'd never seen from a running back here. That's not to say he's the greatest running back the Steelers ever had. I'm talking about his style. I'm talking about the whole delay thing, the uh, the Eddie George thing, waiting for his hole and then hitting it and then just kind of slicing through and falling forward. And then next thing you know, it's a six-yard gain when it looked like nothing. I'm talking about him coming out of the backfield. I'm talking about everything he did to torture the Cincinnati Bengals here and there. 
I'm talking about how he actually played his best football, tough football, hard-nosed football, inside the AFC North. It's something he and I used to talk about a lot after games. And he was proud of that. Not for social media purposes, not for anything else. He was proud of that. This was a great football player while he was in Pittsburgh. Here, you, you want to start getting my emotion on this? Here, I'll, I'll, I'll go with you. I can do that. But it doesn't have anything to do with them being in the Super Bowl. It doesn't have anything to do with the fact that one of them is going to have confetti falling on his head on Sunday night. It has to do with that should have happened here. They were great players here. They were great players on a great offense with a generational quarterback and an experienced offensive line here. Why didn't it? Why didn't it? I suppose the lazy version, at least in my eyes, is to say, well, the the two of them just, you know, they were losers. They didn't care as much about football as they did about, I don't know, throwing TV sets out of buildings or all that other stuff that I don't really feel like regurgitating. Not to downplay it, it was real. Some of it was horrible in A.B.'s case. But that's not why those teams lost. I mean, I know that's convenient. Everyone loves narratives. Everyone loves narrative-based crap when it comes to this football team. But when I look at those teams, and then I look at the teams that followed their departure from Pittsburgh, what we saw was a great offense and a team that had virtually no pass defense. And really, against Jacksonville, no run defense either, meaning the playoff game. And then after that, all of a sudden, the Steelers had the greatest defense you've ever seen. And then the offense completely fell apart. How did that happen? Why did that happen? I know that's really broad, and I know that's not narrative-based, But if the Steelers come up with a responsible, fact-based answer for how and why such a thing occurred, they'll probably have a better idea of how to handle it. Oh, you know, maybe like right now when that imbalance still very much exists. Have they, over the past decade and change, maybe even a little bit longer, put too many eggs on one side of the football. I know that's a really mangled metaphor, but, you know, roll with it. Have they done that? When you talk about this defense that exists right now, do you say to yourself, oh, how did they ever get that? No, you don't wonder about it at all. Look at count the first round picks. Count the elite talent that's on that side of the ball. Minka counts as a first-round pick, by the way, because that's what they gave up to get him. So that's another first-round pick. They're all over the place. And then you go to the other side of the ball, and it's all these stories about, oh, you know, so-and-so, undrafted free agent, he made it, and they developed him into this and, and whatever. The wide receivers have been high draft picks. 
the quarterback was a high draft pick 18 years ago. The running back, meaning James Conner, was a third-round pick. Uh, You know, maybe they need to balance these things out a little bit better. It's tempting, believe me. I'm speaking to you as someone who would love to see, more than anything else this offseason, the entire defense brought back. So I'm going to sound to some extent like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because I want Mike Hilton back. I want Cam Sutton back, and I'd rather have either of those two than Juju Smith-Schuster. Why? Well, mostly because I think they're better football players, but also because I love the idea of having a truly great defense. I think it makes a difference to have something that's special on your team. The Steelers have that with this defense, and it's going to be painful to let that go. But there has to be a balance. There has to be a balance. What really went wrong with A.B. and Lev and for A.B. and Lev and for the Steelers while A.B. and Lev were here wasn't that they were Looney Tunes or whatever. It's that they couldn't stop anybody. They didn't have the defense. I know. I know. That's not That's not the most fascinating script, you know, hot takery or whatever. But it's the truth. And it's also important to understand why it happened. When we come back, just one question. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Just one question. If you'd like to leave one of these, you can do so by visiting DK Pittsburgh Sports. Find the article that contains this podcast and leave it right there in comments. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George, LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need help with workers' comp, who filed for medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. Today's Just One Question comes from A.K. Surge, who asks, Do you believe that getting a premier running back should come first or building up the offensive line? Obviously it would be nice to have both, but didn't know if you thought drafting Najee Harris made sense or not. Yeah, I kind of thought that's where you were going with that. Look, everybody's all excited about Najee Harris, and they should be. Um, he has an imprint on his film that might as well include the Steelers' own watermark. Uh, he blows through people. He makes things happen where there's nothing to be had. But I'm always going to lean in favor of offensive line first. Mostly 
because running backs can be had later on in drafts. They also can be had through free agency. No, they're not all created equal. Yes, they are definitely undervalued around the NFL at this point. Uh, If more teams paid attention to or appreciated the singular impact that certain special running backs have on an offense, have on a football team overall, I think you'd see some of their pay go up into regions where it's been before. But for right now, the consensus across football is that basically running backs are fungible. They're interchangeable. If you don't like the one you have, go get another one. I'm not sure that I'm there. I'd love to see Harris in a Steelers helmet. I I think that would be outstanding. There's nothing to not like about not just his college performance, but also his potential. He looks like he still has another gear, like he still could be something even more than what we've seen. But if I'm talking about a first-round pick, and always have to stress this, if all things are equal between X number of players and you have the luxury of choosing based on positional need, I'm looking for an offensive lineman. I'm sorry. I, I know that's, that's not something that gets people excited. I also know that the center crop in this particular draft isn't something that would get people excited. And I also know that the Steelers are, I don't want to say they're set at the tackle position, but again, we're talking about positional need. And if you trust Zach Banner and Chooks Okorafor to be your left or right in whichever order, then now you're talking about a guard. There's precedent for this. I mean, obviously, David DeCastro was a first-round pick. But, you know, now it's a first-round guard. You better hit on a first-round guard. Like, that had better be like a player that just transforms your offensive line. I'm talking Alan Fanica, you know? And to Dave's credit, DeCastro has, you know, hasn't exactly disappointed. You know, he's put in a lot of really, really good years here with a lot of deserved accolades. But, you know, I know that's not what anybody wants to hear as far as the draft goes. That's what I would do. Because when I think of uh, what you're looking at here, you're, you're, talk, you're talking about getting a, you know, potentially, you know, very good or even great running back, and you bring them in with no offensive line. I mean, you can hope that they find their own path to being Nick Chubb or Derrick Henry or whatever, but it's not really all that feasible without an offensive line. Teams will figure out how to key on you and how to stop you. There's only so many tackles you can break in the NFL. So you asked, that's my answer. I'm starting with the offensive line, and I'll withstand all of the boos that are raining down from the from the upper deck right now. <laughs> Thanks for the question. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll do this again tomorrow.
At Point Park University in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.